0: scott jackson show here on priority auto sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by larry king our pleasure right now here in football in florida bring in logan paulson former washington redskin also had stops at the falcons 49ers and texans and uh, good enough to give us some time here today as we talk about the new commander's coach in the super bowl Uh, logan thanks for your time how you doing man I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, I know you know Dan Quinn very well. Played for him, was in that locker room. Uh, know what he's all about. So, what were your thoughts when you saw the, the Commanders had hired him, and, and what kind of leader is this franchise getting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was ecstatic when they hired him. You know, I think uh, one of the things I, I can say, I can't say this about everyone that I played for, but Dan is, you know, maybe the best guy that I played for, best human that I played for in the NFL. And I think that's something that is uh, is extremely valuable because it helps them build these tremendous relationships with players. I think you hear, you know, everybody that talks about Dan, players, uh, guys that have worked with him in the past, people that he's just kind of had tangential interactions with. They just speak so glowingly of Dan and, uh, and his ability to create relationships with players and also motivate players. So I think like you know, the, the guy you saw in the press conference is the guy that the, the, the team is getting in that locker room, and I think he's just such a, a special person Um, And like his superpower, again, is motivating players, building relationships with people. And I just feel like he's got such a good vision. And it was awesome to hear him talking about his press conference, all the stuff he's learned, all the things he's grown from over the last three years being the defensive coordinator in Dallas. So I'm just really excited for him and uh, him to get a second opportunity because I I definitely think he's going to knock it out of the park. And I I definitely think he's got a very unique skill set that makes him uniquely qualified for the position.
0: Well, as you know, a lot of his success or failure will be based on, you know, the quarterback and the offense. And, you know, right now we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but we do know who the coordinator is going to be, and that's Cliff Kingsbury, uh, an interesting staff that they, they put together. Obviously, Brian Johnson for the Eagles coming over, and uh, it looks like David Pritchard's going to stick around the, the quarterback's coach. Just, just your thoughts on Kingsbury and the staff that, that he's building and what that could mean and what it could look like.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of people were maybe surprised a little bit by the, the Kingsbury hire, and I think they're like, "Oh, they have this this preconceived notion of what that offense looks like," you know, with this air raid uh, principal and his air raid background. But I mean, I went back and watched the stuff from 2021, watched about four games from that year, and I was just really impressed with what I saw. You know, I think Dan in his press conference said he understands how to create space based on formation, manipulate defenses horizontally find mismatches and, it mismatches and exploit mismatches. And, you know, if I wasn't talking about um, the air raid, I could easily be talking about Kyle Shanahan. And I think when you watch the film, you see a lot of those principles that get you really, really excited to say, oh, this guy knows how to, again, maximize offenses, speak to players' skill set, exploit matchups. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited about the hire. And I think, you know, the more you talk to people in the NFL, you realize that he's a he's a special football mind and that, it's always nice to have those people in the building. You know, I do think there are some limitations. You know, like when you watch the film, like he's not um, this, you know, overly um, nuanced run game coordinator. The the pass protection sometimes is a little bit, you know, simplistic. But I do think that he shows a willingness to grow. And much like Dan, I like guys who. It's the same thing. I look for you know the drafts coming up. Doing you know, all my draft evaluations is who who's going to grow, who's going to improve, who's a guy you can bet on, and I feel like. After watching that 2021 film and comparing that to his 2019 film, you say, here's a guy that can grow and will grow and has shown a growth mindset. And in the NFL, it's all about that, right, because the thing's constantly changing. So to get someone like that in the building, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect right out the gate, but I think he's going to try and strive and grind um, to make it so, so.
0: We're here with Logan Paulson, former Washington Redskin, former NFL tight end here. Uh, Scott Jackson, chair of Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1, joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. All right, so in terms of quarterbacks, as you know, I mean, the world's going crazy. Oh, this has to be Caleb Williams pick now because he was there with them last year and these kind of things. But it seems to me, Logan, and correct me if, if I'm wrong here, all three of these guys – that are considered the top three, or at least the mocks have it as the top three right now. Talking about Williams, you know, certainly Drake, May, and Jaden Daniels, all of them seem like they could be fits in this air raid kind of style of offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I think what you saw with his time with Kyler Murray in, uh, in Arizona is the guy that is, is ready and willing to adjust his offense to fit the skill set of the quarterback at the helm, right? So I think that's something that um, I, I think is extremely valuable, right? Is there some flexibility there, right? You see traits of Kyler Murray in the the quarterback run game that I think would be great with Jaden Daniels. You see great uh an understanding, a really high understanding of like this drop back passing concept um that you know is kind of familiar with the air raid that you're like, man, Jaden Daniels would be awesome. And you see this again, the RPO stuff, um, the drop back stuff that would be great for Caleb Williams. So I, I honestly I think there's there's because of the flexibility and because of the growth that he's shown Cliff Kingsbury, I think there's an opportunity for all those guys. I mean even Sam Howell to have some success in an offense like this, it's just about you know how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it innovative? You know because one of the knocks is that it kind of the innovation kind of peters out as the season goes on. But again, I think um, I think the the way the offense is constructed and the principles with which it's built on, I think speak uh, speak very well to um, to all the quarterback skill set in the drafts.
0: It should be uh, interesting to watch. Uh, were, were you surprised to hear that, uh, that Dan will not call the defense? And uh, that being said, do you think it will still look similar to the defense we saw in Dallas, you know, in, in that kind of style and that kind of aggressiveness, even though he's not calling it per se?
1: Yeah, no, I think absolutely. And I think one of the things is like uh, Joe Witt has been with him for a long time. And I think that is a very valuable tool in terms of providing continuity for your offense. And, you know, when he says he's not going to be calling the the defense. I think he will be involved. You know, he'd be a, a really nice sounding board for Wit, in terms of kind of making sure he's on the right path. And I think when you look at one of the things that, that Dallas defense did, did so well, obviously they were tremendous at creating pressure up front, which I think is kind of Dan Quinn's baby. So I think he'll have some kind of oversight and to get a soundboard for that. But I think the coverage, honestly, the coverage structures, the coverage techniques, I think that's all Wit. So I think you know, you're getting a guy here who's very, very intelligent. Everywhere he's been, they've been able to turn the football over. They've played defensive back. Uh, the defensive back play, wherever he's been, has been very, very excellent. So I, I don't think it's it's a, it's not like a red flag or an alarm to me that Joe Witt will be calling the plays and kind of helming the defense. Because, again, like I said when we first started, is I think Dan, is his superpower is building a team culture and building a – a a mindset and an environment where people want to be better. And I think when he can pour everything he's got into that and let the coordinators do their thing, I think that's when you get the best version of, of football you possibly can for the Washington Commanders.
0: Logan Paulson's with us, talking commanders here. Scott Jackson, show priority Auto sports radio, 94.1, joins us via the Valley, who's guest line. All right, Super Bowl week here, and of course, it's a few days away from the big game. You played with Kyle Shanahan uh, in Washington, also in Atlanta and in San Francisco, so you know what his offense is all about and uh, what what to expect on uh, Sunday. What's been interesting to me in these playoffs is how they, they've kind of gotten off the slow starts and had these really strong second halves. Uh, just kind of how you see the, the keys for the 49ers here going up against what has been obviously an excellent uh Chiefs defense this season.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that cuz Kansas City's defense has been fantastic. And I you know, I think it's about it comes down to like who does what they do better, you know, can um the Commanders run the or not the Commanders, can the 49ers run the football the way that they've run it throughout the season, can they deleverage Brock Purdy cuz I think when you look at it, Brock Purdy's been the guy that's kind of let him through those those slow times, you know, he's done a great job of kind of righting the ship, making plays. I mean, I think back to that Detroit game and he's the reason They win that football game. I don't know if you want to be living like that all the time. So I think for them, running the football, finding explosive plays, letting Kyle beat you with the pen that they've had two weeks off, he should be able to get you there. Um, And then when Brock Purdy's got to make those uh, tremendous plays, like he's ready to do it. So I think that's the key to me is, again, running the football, those game plan explosives that Kyle's so excellent at, and then Brock Purdy, when it's time for him to deal, he's shown that he can, but it's not going to be an easy feat, obviously, because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football for a reason and uh, you know, he's gonna make it a tough out, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, watching the Chiefs this year has been interesting because it was such a struggle early, you know, with the, the drops were obviously a big part of the story. that They've really cut those down here in the postseason and, and really cleaned up their act. But it's still not the level of Chiefs that we were used to, right, in terms of explosive plays and those kind of things. What are your thoughts on kind of how Andy Reid has, has kind of changed things and maybe even for Andy Reid, you know, run more? Uh, and, and can that be enough to, to beat the 49ers on uh, Super Sunday? I think
1: so because I think you know they're, they're built in a very uh, Kansas City. I'm talking about now is built mm-hmm. in a very traditional way, and what I mean by that is they are a defensive-led football team. They're a defensive-led football team that can run the football, and I you know that sounds like we're talking ten years ago. Defense wins championships with a strong run game, and that's kind of where they're at. And I think like that structure and that again that modification that adjustment I think speaks to Andy Reid and his genius and his willingness to to be flexible and win football games. So that that's how I see them at the moment. And right now, you know, San Francisco's defense isn't playing as well as it was, you know, last year at the beginning of the season. Obviously, they've had some injuries, and guys are getting healthy at the right time, all those kind of things. But um, I think, like, that's the model. They're, they're going to lean on the defense. They're going to run the football. And then they have Patrick Mahomes to, like, bail them out of some tough situations. And when you watch that Baltimore game, you know, they're in these third and fives, third, third and sixes, third and seven situations, and he's able to scramble – extend plays make excellent big time you know elite level football plays to keep them on the field and uh, that's how they win the game so i think that's kind of ultimately what you're contending with there is you know they've got this ace in the hole in, in patrick mahomes but ultimately like they are they're going to run the ball and play good defense and i think that's who they are um and i think that's their their method for winning this game
0: i know who you're rooting interest i'm, I'm assuming you're rooting for kyle and the niners but uh who do you think uh, wins the football game
1: That's tough, man, because my heart is is pulling really hard for Kyle. You know, I want him to get this one so bad. Um, But, you know, it's hard for me to bet against the best player in football, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And so, you know, we'll see what goes on with that. But I'm going to say Kyle, I'm going to speak it into existence. (laughs) I want him to win it, but um, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City was able to pull it out.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, hopefully a great game, as it appears it could be on paper. Uh, Logan, as always, great insights, man. Look forward to talking to you uh, down the road again. Uh, Appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, Logan Paulson with us here. Scott Jackson's here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw.
2: Scott Jackson, a winner at every level, except for high school, college, and pro. The Scott
0: Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we are here at Inland Reef as the Super Tailgate Tour continues. Brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. Thanks to Logan Paulson for jumping on with us uh, in Football at 4.0. Tim Murray uh, coming up at 435. Uh, We'll do some big game bets with Tim brought to you by High Noon Heart Seltzer. Visit highnoonspirits.com to find it near you. Talk about the way the money's going, what his thoughts are on uh, is it time to go ahead and put the bet in or not, or could there be some line movement that might be to your benefit uh, between now and kickoff on Sunday. So all that to come up. All right, so you drew my attention to this. This is interesting. So the Demarcus Lawrence, Cowboys defensive tackle joined uh, first take from the super bowl and kind of explained you know when a lot of people are wondering what the heck happened to dallas in particular their defense which had been so good in that last game against the green bay packers and here's what demarcus lawrence shared
2: all honesty i think the main thing is who's burned out man uh, you know long season um team dominantly healthy throughout the season you know um the legs get tired but also um you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started and they jumped on us fast. And that's What about adjustments? adjustments? Yeah, adjustments, man. Um, you know, I feel like we went in the locker room and, you know, we came out, you know, ready with our adjustments, but uh, still didn't go the way that we planned it to go. So let me get this straight. Um... <laughs>
0: A playoff team was fatigued and tired, um, and everybody plays the same amount of games. Am I correct? In, yes. In the first week, last I mean, time I checked, like the Packers had to play seventeen games, the Cowboys had to play seventeen games. That as is well. correct. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, man, I don't know about that. That's whew, eesh, really fatigued and tired, huh?
3: And he said we were all. He wasn't we were all, saying right, I. Right, he right, didn't right. say I. No, like everybody. He yeah. said we were all. Yeah. Like, yeah. who isn't tired after seventeen yeah. games? Yeah. You don't think that Patrick Mahomes is tired?
0: Yeah, you don't think Chris is, Jones is
3: tired? Yeah, everybody's a little tired. Yeah, I don't know, man. Come on! I don't know. No maybe. wonder you'll never win anything <laughs> ever. Maybe are you maybe, kidding?
0: Maybe they should have done some load management with the Cowboys oh. this year. I mean, maybe they this have a load management team moving forward. Oh boy, yeah, that was weird, right? That
3: is, yeah. that's criminals. What that is?
0: Yeah, that's um, that's was ridiculous. it? Janet Sharp that was like, what? Wait, wait what adjustments? And he's like screaming, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that's kind of. That's lame. Like, that, like, like lame. that's your excuse. Like, even if you felt that, I mean, don't say that. Because then it sounds like your offseason conditioning sucked, right? And then it sounds like you guys, you know, you didn't take care of yourselves during the season. I mean, rest and recovery is a big part of what you do. I mean, like, this is what your job is. Like, you're supposed to have your body ready. I mean, you know, injuries are one thing. But you're just saying fatigue. You didn't say injuries. Now, because I've heard some people tell me, no, no, no. There's actually, you know, Dallas had a lot of injuries at the end of the year. That's why they look so crappy on defense. Some of the folks after Dan Quinn got hired were telling me this. I'm like, I don't know about that. Uh, and I don't know what's true. Uh, I just know they had a really bad final game. And, um, you know, like a lot of other years. And here, here you go again. But, man, that's a weird one to say fatigue, uh, you know, mental and physical late in the season. That's not the Cost excuse them. I would have gone with. No, no. And then to go on and then say, which is the thing he probably should have led with, was the Packers just. Had a great game plan. They like whipped our butt, right?
3: That's all he had yeah, to say.
0: Yeah. That would have been really, it. Yeah. That's what you really just need to say at, at the end of it. Just say that, and you're good. See, so we got beat? You know, we got beat. Uh, 757 says, DeMarcus is not just tired but stupid.
3: <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'll man. take one of those. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, man.
3: Seven
0: five seven six eight seven uh 9494 Got to cut those uh, team building marathons before the game. <laughs> Got to <laughs> cut out those team building marathons. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe a curfew. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, curfew, anyone? Uh, that was just a weird kind of excuse, right? I mean, that's that's bizarre. Don't quite get it.
3: Nobody's played more games in the last couple of seasons than the Kansas City right. Chiefs.
0: Like the Chiefs have played. You know, the Forty ers are in. You know, one game further than they were last year. They're in championship game last year. Um. yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know who looked tired and fatigued to me as the year went on was the Eagles. Yeah. Um, and I heard a lot of interesting stuff from them, but I didn't hear that.
3: And you know who didn't play inter- any international games this year? The Dallas Cowboys.
0: Right. Yeah. There are other teams that went overseas and all that stuff. I mean, Chiefs had to go to Germany.
3: Jags did it twice. Yeah.
0: Jags did it twice. No, they did run, <laughs> I guess.
3: Yeah, just, but they, haven't, they, they, they could maybe use that excuse. Yeah. Even though they stayed over there. But Right, right. But, it, I mean, if that, that's re- really, if that's your reason. Weird. My gosh, that's yeah, – right.
0: good I mean, luck
3: next year, buddy. Yeah, no doubt.
0: All right, more MVP thoughts uh, for Jimmy, who is the, the diehard Chiefs fan that we all know. Uh, MVP will be Mahomes because no matter what he does, he gets credit for it. But I'm thinking Pacheco will be the key and should be the MVP because he will be the key to controlling the clock and keeping um, – the linebackers, honestly, as deep crosses with Watson and Rice. Yes. So I, same as last year. Like So same as last year. <laughs> <laughs> same as last year, exactly. So it'll be Pacheco, but, but he won't get it, right? From the 703, a really good idea for UCLA, who is looking for a coach. How about okay. Ron Rivera? Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 from the 703. Definitely. I think he's holding
3: out for that Cowboy Rev- job. Yeah,
0: Rivera. Uh, well, apparently they're going, you know, I, and, we'll, and I would love to hear what Mike Zimmer thinks about hearing somebody saying fatigue.
3: Well, nobody uh, knows how to kick back and relax like old riverboat Ron. Yeah, so yeah. sounds Ma- like he'd fit yeah. right
0: in. But Mike Zimmer, who is uh, reportedly the new Cowboys DC, yeah, he he don't li- he doesn't live for ex- he doesn't listen to excuses. I should say that will be interesting, right? Oh man, it, and it is a good point from the seven five seven. Imagine how tired DeMarcus Lawrence would be if they actually made it to a Super Bowl. I right? Mean, yes, I mean exactly. Very
3: good point. That's why they probably won't get there.
0: Great point. All right. Our guy, our, our cowboy insider, Ali in Norfolk, is going to jump on this uh, with us now on the phone lines in the Valley of his phone line. What's up, Ali?
2: Hey, man. Hey, guys. I saw the interview, and I was oh. just so disappointed. I, <laughs> I was disgusted because right. no account- no accountability. No, just say right. you know what? We Gotta were terrible. It. We were terrible. And I look when I was thinking about that game, it wasn't just one unit. It was the whole team. It was a complete lack of preparation, which what Emmitt nope. Smith says, they, they were not ready, and how can you not be ready? This is what you play those um, 18, 17 games for. You play for this moment, and these guys were not ready. I, I watched him stumble over his words. It was, it was, it was one of the most ridiculous. I, I, and I'm looking at Shannon, and I'm looking at – at Stephen A., and I'm like, you letting him off the hook. You need to grind right. him, to grind uh-huh. him, to say, what is that? And I think, so I might be wrong, but I believe Zimmer was the was the the, the secondary coach under Jimmy. I think he was, and, and, you know, he made his way up the ranks. And I'm glad that he's coming because they need he's old school. accountability on this team. They need, yeah, he's, they need he's it. he's
0: old school. Yeah, yeah Mike know, Zimmer I, is old so, school. He, he's not going to put up with excuses. I mean, he, he's a little – he might be a little too intense for some, but you're, you're right. I mean, I, I think he he's going to bring a high level of accountability. Um, yeah. and, you know, he's not going to put looked, up with anything. It
2: yeah. looked like they did not believe in the game plan. Everybody, They looked yeah. like because like, Everybody came out and it, everybody got hit in the face. It was like, oh, okay, we're going to lose this one too. Nobody seemed ready to play this game. Uh, I know you guys got to go, but I want to say this quickly. Yep. I believe the Chiefs are going to win. I believe, I'm i going to okay. say as bad as the Chiefs looked early in the year, they figured it out. They yeah. figured it out. And it's disappointing yeah. that my team couldn't figure it out. I mean, the Chiefs were dead in the water, literally. They were dead in the water. They weren't going anywhere, but they figured it out because there's accountability up and down the line on this team. And, and I think yep. they're going to win um, um, because – the D the D the D coordinator knows how to deal with young quarterbacks, and I think he's going to put something on him.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, he's uh, he's done great in the postseason and the, the Super Bowls. Yes. Uh, has Steve hey, hey, You're uh, right. Zimmer did come up with Jimmy, and then was there with uh, a bunch of coaches. Right? He he had a bunch of tenures with the Cowboys, including yep. one with Parcells as well, and and uh, obviously was the head coach of the Vikings for almost seven seasons. I, I was seven seasons after the, doing a really good job with the Bengals. So. Yeah, good memory there. I like yeah, All right, Ali. Yeah, I think it was a smart move. Thanks. I mean, as much as I wanted you guys to have Ron Rivera, I don't know yeah. why he wouldn't take him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't have taken him. Yeah, this is a great text, by the way, about imagine how tired they'd be (laughs) if they'd this Super Bowl. I love it. Uh, Val on the northern neck says uh, the Niners' defensive front seven is elite and not enough top-shelf weapons on the Chiefs. Besides quarterback, obviously, to test them, I think San Francisco plays bully ball and beats them in the trenches, covers the spread in the over. Wow. Plus, Chiefs down a starting offensive guard. That doesn't help. Yeah, Tooney out is is a big deal. They haven't been playing very
3: elite lately.
0: Yeah. What about Chase Young? You calling Chase Young elite? They're gonna target him, man. They're gonna run at him. Pacheco's gonna put his put his helmet in his chest plate. And okay. I think
3: that uh the Niners are a little bit more banged up on that front than uh, yeah. they're letting on too.
0: Yeah, Hargrave is not the same player. Uh Cowboys players got away with many excuses as their cowboy players got as many excuses as their players. What Cowboys play or maybe say fans, I bet you. Yeah, that was a failed voice text again, I think. Okay. I think I know what you were saying, but I'm not sure which the fans goes first to the players. Anyway, Pittsburgh Ross says at least they weren't unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it wasn't unprepared. They were just tired, okay? All right, uh, Tim Murray coming up on the other side uh, from Vegas, from Beeson. We'll talk to him about the big game. Thoughts on these numbers uh, as we're getting closer uh, to kickoff. Interesting stuff from Bob Kraft this week, too, I want to get to later this hour uh, about – the lack of spending in New England and now some uh, light being shed on the Bill Belichick interview uh, with the Falcons as well from Arthur Blank. So we'll get to all that before we get out of this hour uh, here. Scott Jackson, show priority on sports radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King law presenting us here at our super tailgate tour. Uh, we are in the reef today, 1949 Lynn Haven Parkway in the Parkway shopping center. Come on out and see us here in Virginia beach. We'll be here till seven o'clock tonight. Uh, James withham has got your sports center.
2: The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: We are here at uh, Inland Reef till uh, 7 tonight, 1949 Lydhaven Parkway in the Parkway Shopping Center. Uh, For more information, go to InlandReefVB.com. That's InlandReefVB.com, your favorite local sports and entertainment spot in Virginia Beach. Big game Sunday here. They'll have a lot going on. You can join them for an absolutely amazing day. Food, drink specials, uh, raffles, Giving away things every 15 minutes. Inland Reef is the spot to be on Sunday. Also, the best eats in town. Catch all the big game action. One of their 30 TVs. You can grab food and delicious wings. Uh, Enjoy ice cold draft beers. they got eight diamond pool tables. And you can check out their 20 uh, self-serve craft beer growler tap station in the filling room as well. Uh, Right down uh, to Inland Reef. That'll be Sunday for the big game. Don't miss a single play of the biggest game of the year. And it's always east of the beach and west for the best wings of beers and the nicest diamond pool tables and tournaments in town, Inland Reef, again, 1949 Lynn Haven Parkway and the Parkway Shopping Center. We're here till uh, 7 uh, tonight if you want to come on out and uh, join us. And... Uh, we we're going to talk to Tim Murray here, but uh, something came up in Vegas. You know, <laughs> things that happen in Vegas. Well, you, know. you know how it goes. Uh, so we're efforting him for uh, a later uh, time today, but if not, then you know, we'll, the show we'll, the show must go on. You know, this is this is live radio. Dang it! Uh, this is what we do. Uh, Mark Davis, I know, will join us at five uh, from Vegas. He is there uh, covering it for Channel Three, the local CBS affiliate, has been out there all week. Uh, a few local angles in this game that he'll get to with us. Uh, when he joins us, uh, Tom in Williamsburg says this The whole world is taking Kansas City. Hmm. Give me the Niners. Oh. Tom's fading the public. Okay. Fading the public, that is called. And I, I see what he's doing there. The although, books love that. Although, although, right now, again, 49ers still the favorite because there's, there's been more offerings to this point. Uh, at the, you know, again, I don't know, it,
3: but that is fading.
0: Yeah, it is fading. <laughs> but he is fading. All right. I like it. Um, alright five seven six let Let's get to this Arthur Blank story. It just came out here in the last couple hours. Not couple hours, that last hour. Come on, Scott, get your math together. Um, Falcons owner Arthur Blank, for the first time since, you know, hiring Raheem Morris, talked about what else? But Bill Belichick, who was interviewed twice, not once but twice, by the Falcons and, of course, did not get the job. So people have been wondering, was he offered the job? Did he want full control football operations? What exactly happened? So uh, Blank said, here's what happened. Um, Bill Belichick never asked in our discussions for full control of personnel or anything else in the building. All these things that are being produced by the media were totally not true, he said on uh, the radio station in uh, Atlanta, 92-9 the game. Uh, Blank also responded – to Boomer Sison on his WFAN show saying that he had heard the Falcons offer Belichick at one point the job. And Blank said no idea where Boomer came up with that. That is completely untrue. Never offered him the job. So, interestingly enough, Belichick did not want control, but yet wasn't offered the job.
3: Yeah, it is kind of
0: weird. That is kind of weird, right? Maybe Arthur Blank just wanted to go with the younger, uh, you know, more up-and-coming kind of coach. Because clearly Bill Belichick, I mean, his resume speaks for itself. But to have two interviews and not hire him, even though he wasn't looking for control, is pretty fascinating.
3: It also kind of tells me. It's a little bit telling that I think Arthur Blank feels like they're not a coach away from just winning now. You could probably, you could, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe try to win that division now. The division's still gettable, I think. But I don't think that Arthur Blank feels like realistically this team's ready to compete next season. And I yeah. think you hire Bill Belichick if you feel that way. And it's okay that he doesn't feel that way if you've got you feel like you need to build it up anymore. And, and the building maybe is not something that, you know, you know you don't you've only got Bill for a short period of time and maybe that last season of your build is your one chance to win a Super Bowl with Bill, and maybe he doesn't feel like he can get there. That's why you go a little bit younger.
0: All right. Um, all right, I got an update on the show. Show update. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, P- Tim Murray is now 535. All right. There we go. Unless he stiffs us then. Then he's, then oh, he's, on, he's, like, then he's on my list. Anyway. Remember. No, he's all right. He's, he's got stuff to do. <laughs> I mean, he's a big <laughs> shot now out in Vegas. And this is, you know, it's like the, it's like, uh, you know, it's like his Super Bowl as well. So, anyway, 535 for Tim from VSim. We'll get him before he gets on his own show uh, to give us the latest betting news uh, and get to some big game bets with him. All right. So, more from Blank on Belichick. Said they had a very good series of interviews. And at the end of each of them, though, the Falcons obviously went with Raheem Morris, who worked for the club as the interim coach Uh, in 2021. He was also part of the Dan Quinn staff prior to that. And he said he thought the three years, blanks, this is Arthur Blank talking about me, the three years that he had in L.A. talking about Raheem Morris, where he worked with a different coaching environment, different kind of setup with Sean McVay operates different than a lot of other coaches do. And their coaching scheme and setup and how they promote from within and how they just move coaches around in a much more lateral way uh, was a learning experience for him, Blank points out. But he also pointed out to Morris's energy leadership recommendations from McVay and from Mike Tomlin team also uh, understanding uh, that of morris's six years in atlanta that they knew about him already so they were comfortable there blank also said he's pleased with that morris has brought in uh, the staff that he's brought in so far and knowledgeable potential room to grow and develop the staff from his time with the rams um also likes the fact that morris has brought in multiple coaches with him from los angeles zach robinson um, jimmy lake also who had uh, spent some time in atlanta before so that is uh, what Arthur Blank says, tipped it for them with uh, Raheem Morris. And I also think it was Kyle Shanahan who had said multiple times that if he were hiring a coach today, he would hire Raheem Morris, Yeah, uh, if you remember that. I think he said the beginning of the year. Anyway, Blank um, you know, also brought up the fact earlier in the story that Belichick was very collaborative with them um, when he met Terry Fontenot and checked out the, with the people uh, – Doing his own references, sent him a private text, which he eventually shared with Terry that he'd be happy working with him. So, again, I, you know, it all sounds interesting, but still, they went in a different direction. And it's got to be weird for Belichick. I mean, you, you you and I were talking about this during the break. What did you say to me? How many years it's probably been since he had an interview for anything?
3: Yeah, almost three decades, <laughs> yeah, right? Right.
0: I mean, because I don't even know to be honest if he really interviewed for the Patriots job. It was more like. Be- uh, Bob Kraft knew that's what he wanted. Remember, and he went to the Jets right, to get that's him, a good point. and that's when Parcells did that yeah. whole thing. No, you're the coach. I retire. And I'm going to the front office and all that kind of crazy game that they tried to play. And Belichick's like, no, I don't want the job. I wanted to go to this New England thing, and you know, like you know, ch- test the like he knew he had the job. Oh, I yeah. mean, you don't you don't just oh, say yeah. I'm not taking one head coaching job and not know you already had the other one. So. Yeah, I mean, you're right. So it's been like 30 years, you know, since he really uh, had a apply, you know, for anything. And it's it's a, it's a totally different world, you know, totally different world. Anyway, 757 687 ninety four. 757 687 if you want to hit us up via the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. Also, uh, the text line is open for your business as well. All right, speaking of um, the Patriots uh, and their, their former boss, well, the the um, Bill Belichick era. Bob Kraft had something very interesting to say about the Patriots and the way they spend money. We'll get to that coming up here in a bit. Uh, Tom Williamsburg, uh, who is fading the public, also says um, Tariq uh, Hill balled out in the um, game when they did beat the 49ers, and he is gone. Yes, he is. But they won last year without him.
3: That is true. And they
0: got here again without him, too. So. Anyway, uh, we'll see. Should be fun. I mean, look, they're the favorite. They should win. The 49ers should win this football game. They have, the, I believe, they have the better roster. They just haven't been playing very well in defense uh, here for several weeks for whatever reason. And a lot of it is just hustle-related, which is weird to me, effort-related, motor-related, which is bizarro. Oh, no, uh, they're tired. Me. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're tired. All right, thank you to Marcus Lawrence. Right, Sorry, Scott Jackson, show Priority on the Sports Radio 94.1. Where we're brought to you by Larry King Law. The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we are brought to you by Larry King Law as the Super Tailgate Show continues, tour, I should say, continues, here at uh, Inland Reef in Virginia Beach. 1949 Lynn Haven Parkway, the Parkway Shopping Center. We're here till 7. We do have uh, one last set of tickets to give away. To uh, train an ARIO Speedwagon, Veterans United Homelands Amphitheater on August 7th. Uh, Raymond came by earlier, grabbed the Pink Floyd, the Australian Pink Floyd tickets, we should say, um, which is uh, coming up later this uh, month. Well, not later this month. It's actually in June. What am I talking about? Later this summer at Atlantic Union Bank, and you can get tickets for that at pavilionconcerts.com. And again, um, train ARIO Speedwagon tickets for the next person that comes by. We're here till 7 if you want to come on out and see us here. And if not, of course, come out here to uh, Inland Reef on Sunday for the big game. For more information on what they got going on here, InlandReefVB.com. All right, Mark Davis from uh, Channel 3, WTKR, will join us at the top of the hour. We'll talk uh, about his week at uh, Vegas in the Super Bowl and all things uh, that have been going on out there. The uh, Patriots, uh, as you may be well aware of, have not spent a whole lot of money on players over the past decade, you know, in part, because this is, you know, kind of how Belichick thinks, right? right. Like this is how it was, but now he's no longer there. So the question is, will they start spending? Um, Bob Kraft told a group of reporters in, over the week, uh, this, earlier this week at um, the Super Bowl, I know there's a perception we have been holding back on spending. Just let me say this, for our fans, that's just not true. We're look, look, we were blessed to have a coach in our system who is a great coach and also understands value. He ran a tight ship. Our coaches have always had the ability to spend whatever level they wanted to, and I think Bill was always thinking about the future and really understood value. But we never held back on any of those coaches we had over the last thirty years. Kraft also went on went on to add that I can assure you our fans that spending will never be held back, or the reason that we didn't sign a player, because I actually tried to get us to sign players who we thought would have cost more. Uh, wouldn't have had uh, been the right players or value. So we always leave that to the people that we assign the responsibility to. <laughs> so
3: Belichick. Well, and yeah. there's that.
0: Since they've been able to get whatever they want, talking about value, because uh, if cash spending became an issue for our family and we couldn't do it, then I would sell the team. Winning football games after my family is the most important thing in my life. Whatever we can do to help win, i help make that happen. We're going to do that. So there you go. So there you go. He says the misconception has been out there for the past 30 years.
3: Well, they've certainly spent money on their own. Yeah. They usually have no problem spending on their own guys. They'll re-sign players. But there's been very, very few free agents that they brought in for big money. Uh, And, oh, by the way, some guys that they decided they didn't want to pay that uh, took off like uh, Randy Moss.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, you know, again – Always interesting to see the decisions they made. They got the break of all breaks over the years with what Brady took in terms of money. And, you know, for a few for a while they took advantage of it, but they never surrounded him with just amazing wide receivers. I mean, they created some great receivers, like Julian Edelman, obviously, and Wes Welker became great receivers in their system. Obviously, Gronkowski is a Hall of Fame-level tight end, but they they weren't exactly... Killing it with their, um, you know, with bringing in big time receivers for them outside of Moss, as you, right. as you point out. I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't what they did. It wasn't who they were. Look, they got, they got a lot of chips for it, man. They, they, you know, what they did worked, right? I mean, so you can't really knock it. Then, of course, they went aggressively, remember in the Hunter Henry offseason, Juno Smith, and they, they spent there, and that blew up on them because it didn't work, and those players weren't of the value that they had assigned to them. Well, you didn't need to weird. spend
3: money on two tight ends, right? You get one, and then use that other, you know, cash to to get another weapon at uh, maybe the wide receiver position or, or something of that nature. It's the, the fact that they doubled up, and they tried to, you know, recreate what they had with <coughs> with uh, Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, and that was just never going to happen.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, in these situations, it was just money. Nobody ended up in jail for murder. That is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out yeah, a lot nobody better. Nobody had a flop house. I mean, Juno Smith didn't have a flop house uh, <laughs> where he was uh, <laughs> where he was conducting his yeah, business. It worked out a lot better for that. Yeah, I no doubt. doubt. Um, all right. Uh, from the text line, 757-687-9494, uh, um, one of our texters says, Demarcus Lawrence, going back to him talking about being tired, says, it reminds me of the saying from the your favorite uh, draft your favorite movie Draft Day he says Demarcus Lawrence looks like Tarzan plays like Jane, <laughs> that was in Draft Day. <laughs> he also adds another Draft Day reference that the Belichick issue reminds me of the quarterback in Draft Day Callahan being looked over and falling in the draft board and having people paranoid and wondering why. Hate to revert to Draft Day twice in one show, but you know what? Hey, you know if if, if you got if it's in your wheelhouse, go ahead and do it. It is still the most silliest the silliest. NFL movie ever.
3: Be fun to watch that with a GM.
0: Like, oh yeah, that'd yeah, be really fun. Oh my god, it would probably especially the one drive that's never seen it. It would probably drive them crazy. There's no question; <laughs> it would just drive them nuts. It would absolutely drive. Remember them just
3: nuts. to set up a watch party with Joe Gregory or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So the um, the world is streaming. That is always a hot button, thinking of driving us crazy. Hot button issue here on this program. Uh, is expanding when it comes to playoff football. The NFL, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, is going to have another exclusively streamed playoff game next year, but it's going to be prime video. So maybe it doesn't feel as bad because you're probably – you might already be invested in prime for Thursday Night Football. More than likely, yeah. So it's not like Peacock or something off-the-radar kind of streamer that we just learned about this year, or I did. I mean, many of you may already know, but anyway – so maybe that's what they're going to do. So I would assume Peacock stays, or are they just going to swap it out for? I don't
3: think that that's a. I don't think that's like a decided thing that Peacock's <laughs> right. just automatically got a game yeah. every year, or even Paramount Plus. I think this is just a. Here we're we're definitely telling you now where you're going to have a Prime Video yeah. playoff game.
0: Yeah, I don't really get it. Um, you know, we, we go over and over again. Roger Goodell just had his press conference last week and talked about the value of their broadcast television and how they're the you know, highest rated thing in the world. and It's been so great for the business model, and yet you're going to try to do another one of these. And, again, if it's the only one, okay, that's fine. If we have to put up with one a year, at least put it on the thing that we have to deal with on Thursday nights, I, I could understand that. But, you know, again, to bring these out-of-the-woods kind of uh, streamers on this thing is a little goofy. Yeah. I'll, what I'll, I'll next Flow Sports is going to do a playoff <laughs> game? I mean, come on. What do what are you asking us to do here?
3: Go to the Apple TV right. Plus. That worked out so great for Major League Baseball.
0: My favorite thing about the Major League Baseball, <coughs> they also did um, they did Peacock as well at one point, didn't they? And or, they did
3: Apple TV Plus, if I remember right. correctly.
0: Everybody hated the Apple TV Plus. Apparently the MLS soccer thing is so bad they won't even give you the ratings. But the, um, the Peacock one that they were doing, I want to say it was Peacock, right? They were doing like a morning 11 a.m. Sunday game in baseball I'm last I'm trying year. to remember if
3: that was Peacock or if that was Apple TV. Yeah,
0: or, or it might have been Paramount. But whoever it was.
3: It wasn't Paramount. It wasn't Paramount. It, wasn't it, was, Paramount. it was, so was Apple was Peacock, or, or Peacock.
0: I it was Peacock. So they didn't have any pre- or post-game shows. That's they just weird. had the play-by-play. So there was a rain delay one game for the, like, the, the Cleveland Indians or, or Guardians and the White Sox. And they just showed like the. They just had it like up on the screen, like you're just seeing the tarp and <laughs> people running out and like dealing with it. They don't have any video. They're not saying any. They're not telling you. So like, there was no
3: vamping or no? None no, of that? no wow. none of that. No,
0: there was no Rick Dempsey doing like it. Yeah, it was Peacock. Oh my yeah, thank gosh. you, Richie. 11 a.m. Peacock. There's like no Rick Dempsey doing, you know um you know, Casey at bat with a you know running around the tarp and sliding head first none of that stuff i mean yeah. there was no like hey let's go to an old episode of this week in baseball or maybe you know we could um, you know do, you know show some classic games none of that and, and you know no hey let's go to highlights from last night no it's just like a still shot of the mess. You know what I mean? They called it the brunch game. Okay. And it was just the still shot of the stadium and the rain and the tarp. And just like you could see activity behind it. But they didn't tell you, like, hey, game could delay, you know, come up in 20 minutes, or a half terrible. hour. It's just, you know, rain delay on the screen. That's all it is and nothing. Um, oh, my god! So they were not prepared for anything outside of, oh, we're calling this game and that's all we're doing. You know what I mean? We're, we're calling these games. we got no other plan if there's – you know, a delay or something. It was so goofy. Wow. And again, at the time of day, it's like so. If ESPN had this issue, right, like a, with one of their afternoon games, they'd just flip you over another game, right? right like Fox exactly. or Fox, right? They have a bunch of regionals. they flip you around. Now, obviously, Sunday night baseball, you're kind of you're kind of hosed because it's the only game going on. But at least they go to a highlight show or something. But anyway, I just thought it was funny. I was like, wow. So this is Peacock. <laughs> a tarp on the field. All right, coming up, uh, Mark Davis is going to join us from the um, world of uh, Las Vegas in the Super Bowl week from uh, WTKR-TV3. We'll get his thoughts on the big game, best things he's done this week, and some of the local angles uh, here in the 757 for the game as well. We do have one player uh, to keep our eyes on this weekend. And he happens to be on the Chiefs. So we'll get to that coming up next with Mark uh, as we, uh, he joins us from Las Vegas. Scott Jackson, show Prior to Sports Radio 94.1, the tailgate tour here from Inland Reef in Virginia Beach. Uh, come on out and see us. We're here for another couple hours. 1949 Lynn Haven Parkway, the Parkway Shopping Center in Virginia Beach. James Witham's got your sports center.